0: I hope that when the two of you finally meet, you say, I'm Chris Sims, and he says, I'm Major Applewhite. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Week 9, Mega Picks Podcast. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, PFTPM. Six teams on a bye this week, which means we have some room to move, some space to breathe, some time to kill. And I'm sure we will, and then before you know it, We'll be having to motor through the picks in order to get everything in during the allotted time. Hello, Christopher. We meet again. Hello. Just an hour after doing PFT Live. I can't get away from you on Thursdays. And then you disappear on Friday and Monday. And I don't see you again until Tuesday. I know it is. It's weird, our
1: schedule in season. You know These days, uh, it's, it's, it's only three days of fixation. But it's okay. You can't quit me. You can't quit me. I'm here. That's right. You're the one that quits me. Uh, You're the one that won't do Friday or Monday. Well, I I mean, again, I mean, God, God damn. Can I get a day off? Can I sleep a little? Like, holy shit. I know. I don't know. You know, just like we, NBC. We don't care anymore. Just make the fucking guy talk all day long. It doesn't matter. Every show, everything. I just, I need to recharge a little bit. Jeez Louise. Sound like my boss or something. I I just would like
0: to have you on the I, show. I, listen, I would too.
1: I would too. But some things are just out of my power as well. Uh, the one that hurts me more than anything is the not doing the Monday show with you because it's it's always fun reacting to everything and doing that. So that hurts. And then Friday is another show where it just it, it, it does itself because you talk about all the matchups coming up. But that's what we're gonna do here. We'll have some fun. But I do want to know, like Thursday night status quo. I mean, we anything different here tonight? Anybody else coming to the barn that usually doesn't come? Are we going to do anything different?
0: I don't know that anybody's going to come tonight because nobody gives a shit about the game in my circle of family members and friends because it's the Eagles against the 1-5-1 and one Texans. And also, there's a fairly strong baseball sentiment among those who would otherwise come to the barn. And they know that if they come to the barn, they will see but not hear Game five of the World Series. If they actually want to hear game five of the World Series, they need to go somewhere else. And I have a feeling that I will be all by myself, stinking like cigars. And then tomorrow morning, as I shower to get ready for PFT Live with Peter King and me, I'll remember our conversation earlier in the week about how your hair ends up smelling like whatever you've been smoking. Yeah. So uh, that'll be my night. Yeah. But you know what? Hey, we went next level in the barn. We have added, it's not operational yet, they need to upgrade the electricity, but the only source of heating was a wood-burning stove, and the only source of cooling was this cheap-ass air-conditioning unit that wasn't like an old-school window unit, but it kind of, it didn't really, it it wasn't big enough to to cool the whole. Well, we now have a real heating system in the barn, central heat. Central wow. Air Bougie. goes online next Bougie. week. They put it there and it's great how it's been installed. It looks great. It didn't screw anything up. Didn't affect the vibe. So because what happens is when it's really cold, I'll go down there and start a fire and it'll take 90 minutes for the place to heat up. Oh, and then yeah. it goes from 55 degrees to 95 degrees in like 20 minutes and you're melting in there. So this is great. This is next level. This is. You know, all I need is a toilet and my wife can kick me out of the house. And even then, you know, you just walk down to the ravine and do your business there. Wow, but, that's uh, great. Don't uh, drink uh, out of that yeah. ravine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, 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 yeah, probably uh, violating a few EPA regulations along those lines. But but uh, nevertheless, the barn is going next level very soon. Wow. All right. That's big I time have gone right next there. level on you in the content. All three categories. I continue to lead straight up. 77, 45 and one against the spread. I continue to be well above 500, 10 and five against the spread last week. Man, I'm very happy with that. And, you know, I saw one of the shows on one of the other networks this weekend and they have the, the wins and losses for the people picking games. And, you know, the, the, these folks that use mathematical models to pick games and act like they're smarter than everybody they don't know shit just like the rest of us they 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 they, i mean you don't. you can't predict it i don't care what what voodoo you're trying to use to predict games what algorithms you're trying to use that shit doesn't work you you go with your gut and this year this is the year of pasta and meatballs baby i am doing except for best bets i am getting it done except for best bets
1: you're getting it done. You are. It's impressive versus spread. I'm not out of it in any of them, though. I'm not, like, I'm not panicked yet. I'm not. Best bets, I've, I've lost my way, like I've told you. I, just, I don't even know. It's the thing I question myself. I mean, again, it's, it's not like we're egregiously picking these games wrong or anything. It's just unbelievable how, I, I mean, for, for myself, I can't. I used to be an expert at locating that one or two games that make sense, and I, I'm really off right now. So we'll see where it goes, but I got a, I got a, I got a feeling today. We're going to have some disagreements and I'm going to cut into this lead a little bit. So I'll, I'm ready. Okay. to, I'm okay. ready for this. this. You've had that same feeling for the last five weeks. Yeah, it's all right. There's, um, there's ones that come up this week. It, it, it's just, you have a, you've had a shamrock up your ass this year. It's all I can. Really hey, Hey, say. no,
0: listen, <laughs> listen, I would have swept you in our disagreements last week, but for the shamrock residing in your ass, resulting from DJ Moore taking his helmet off his head. Otherwise the Panthers win that game and I go 3 and 0 although the Terry McLaurin catch. Well, that's goal uh, line I mean that was yeah. That was fun. We're in the studio and you and I were just giving each other shit and Jason Garrett was like, "What's wrong with these two morons?" It was great. It was,
1: it was great. That, that was a killer. That really was. I, I you know, every, I feel like if there's a few weeks where I'm, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm going to make some ground here with like seven minutes left in the one o'clock game. And I'm going, it's all looking my way. And there we go down the stretch and we get done. And I go, oh my gosh, Florio, somehow he, he outdid me here. So uh, maybe, maybe this second half of the season, will bring some Sims luck instead of Florio luck. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Six teams on a bye. Thursday night football.
0: The unbeaten Eagles look to have the best start to any season in franchise history. If they win tonight, they'll be 8-0 for the first time. They are 13.5-point favorites at the 1-5-1 Texans with an over-under of 45. It's the biggest spread of the week. You have picked Houston to lose every single week. Smartly. They have five of the eight weeks so uh, or six of the eight weeks they've had their buy already i hate this time of year because i can't fucking remember who's had a buy and who hasn't so if you played eight games if you played seven games it drives me crazy it drives me crazy they've played seven games so they've had their buy
1: all right who do you like tonight well i mean come on we know who we like i mean that's the eagles it's just do you like them but how much? will they cover well yeah i'm yes i'm going with the cover i'm going 31 10 eagles here with this one I mean, to me, this is, this is a horrible, horrible matchup for the Texans. Not only do we know the Eagles are, like, supremely talented to them, just also I just think with even the, you know, the matchup thing where you and I talk about, hey, it's a matchup league and, you know, certain teams you match up well, you know, with and some you don't, doesn't even matter what their record here. This is one where you go, yeah, your record's not as good, you're not as good as them, and it's a bad matchup. Uh, I I don't really see a whole lot of positive things to look at. You know, the Texans have a hard time stopping the run. Oh, great. You got to play one of the best, if not the best, running team in football. There's nobody to get, okay, when it is a passing situation, there's nobody to get, you know, pressure on a guy like Jalen Hurts. They got to be very careful about playing man-to-man. Stingley's really the only guy they got that can do that at a high level. So, that's where I just look at it and go, yeah, it, it's not going to work. And then, you know, you talk about, hey, where the Texans, can they move the ball? Well, I, I don't. I mean, if the Texans can't run the ball, they have a hard time. And I don't think they're going to run the ball on this Eagles team. So that's where I, I, you know, again, I'll be happy to watch Thursday night football and all that. But I think the Eagles will kind of slowly steamroll the Texans.
0: I got 34-17.
1: Look, Jalen Hurts playing in his
0: hometown of Houston for the first time ever. That helps him avoid the trap game mentality. And the thing that he told me after the 35-13 win over the Steelers on Sunday, the team is taking on his approach, his mentality, his leadership is causing them to not get complacent. Remember that moment a few weeks ago when they were getting ready to play the Cardinals? And they had asked him, the reporters had, in his midweek press conference about everything but the Cardinals. So he... Basically asked an answer to a question about the Cardinals because, again, this is about taking no team lightly, not putting yourself in a position where you fall into a trap, and that's what they've managed to do, and that's one of the reasons why they're 7-0. and I expect them to get to 8-0. and We both like them to win. We both like them to cover. By the way, I just saw this on Twitter before we got started. David Purdom of ESPN pointed out that a better using the BetMGM app here in West Virginia – made a $185,000 money line bet on the Eagles at -750 to win straight up. So if you win, you get $24,666. If you lose, 185 large goes bye-bye and it's never coming back. And I can say for the record, it wasn't me. And I don't know who here in West Virginia is going to drop 185 grand to win 24 Because, first of all, I think of how much you have to make to have 185 grand. To have 185 grand to bet, you got to make about 370 to have that left over after taxes, especially with 6.5% going to Governor Jim Justice here in West Virginia, although to his credit he's tried to reduce the state income tax. But I would be a mess all day long. Like, if I was going to make that bet, I wouldn't lock it in until right before kickoff because I wouldn't want to be regretting it all day long, thinking about it all day long, obsessing about it all day long just to win 25 grand. You're potentially going to lose 185 grand to win 25,000. It's not worth it, Chris. It's not worth the stress. You shorten your life by 25 years, at least I would, worrying about. Am I going to lose $185,000
1: today? Because you could. Well, you know, I mean, there's a few things I want to say. First off, you're not the only rich guy in West Virginia, even though you're the king of the castle and up there on the hill, all right? Somebody's making some money in that state too, okay? Casa de Florio over there. And I don't know, you know, shit. If you got a bunch of money in the bank already, yeah, it to me, seems like a pretty good investment. It's like, hey, it, I, I don't know. I sit here and go, damn, it's going to be the easiest twenty-four thousand dollars he's ever going to fucking make in his life. So how, but, he's but probably going to be able many to many buy a new heater for his barn. This guy, he's going to have a new. You, you
0: would have said that. You would have said that. Buccaneers versus Steelers, right?
1: And what happened? I don't know if I would have gone to that point with this. No, no, not not to this. Not, not I would not have. You know, I, I I I would have picked the Buccaneers certainly. I think I picked them in that game to win by ten or eleven. You know, but just straight up winning a game here and that, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it is it is. a lot of money. Trust me. I'd be nervous, too. I get it. But uh, it seems like a safe bet. It does, at least in, I, in I, this case. I'm,
0: I am now officially rooting for the Texans.
1: Wow. That, you're, you're such a nice neighbor. The guy probably lives down the street from you. And here you are. Just can't even root for some West Virginia brother hey. in here. Uh, what a jerk you are. <laughs> Fuck them. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. Um my point is if you're dumb enough to put up one hundred and eighty five grand and if you have that much to put up to win twenty four, you deserve to lose it. You deserve to lose it. Give that money to charity instead. If you're if you're gonna put up one hundred eighty five to win twenty five, I don't get it. And the other reason I don't get it, I enjoy it enough that I don't need that it's not excitement. I don't know what's exciting about having that much money riding on the outcome of one game, but apparently someone is. In the borders of the great state of west virginia disagrees with me somebody else has a heated barn he he may be living in that barn if uh it's a he and if his wife finds out that one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars was squandered merely to make another 25 grand all right one o'clock games chargers after a bye week three-point favorites at the atlanta falcons who are four and four this year and i have picked atlanta to lose every week this year and i was almost right Last week, no thanks to DJ Moore. Do you like the Falcons to get above 500, or do the Chargers continue their playoff push coming out of the bye week four and three? Yeah,
1: it's too hard. It's two teams, uh, you know, it, it's inconsistency. The Chargers are, you know, an ugly four and three football team. That's for sure. Uh, but the big thing to this game is can the Falcons just steamroll the Chargers in the run game? I guess that's the big thing I look at. And, and, and again, that's scary because we know the Chargers cannot stop the run, but I, you know, I, I guess what I, what I'm going to lean to a little bit is just, there's not enough in the Falcons passing game, I think to scare the Chargers all the way. So I think they're going to be able to kind of go all out to stop the run after a bye week, hopefully have a different approach or something creative to slow down that run game. And then. I mean I, I mean, I went back and forth with this game. This is not going to be a best bet because I think it'll be a close game. But I think ultimately what I came down to, too, is just you know, the, the Falcons' pass defense. What we saw a few weeks ago against Joe Burrow and company, uh, you know, and I know they're explosive, but they're simple, and they still shredded the Falcons. Now, the Chargers are different in the fact that it's a little bit more, you know, surgical and tactical. You've heard me say they got to find some ways to come up and draw some plays in the dirt, the big plays that Justin Herbert can throw the ball down the field and make some explosive plays that way. They've been banged up a receiver, but I'm going to play the fact the bye week, creative defensive game plan, and Justin Herbert, you know, being able to kind of do what he wants in the pass game that gets them a a tough win on the road. This will not be a best bet for me because I would not be shocked if the Falcons win, but I'm going to go Chargers 27-23.
0: I've got Chargers 27-20, so we both like them to beat the spread. Yeah, this one's a tough one. You never know what you're going to get with the Falcons. And I I just wonder, you know, we've criticized the Chargers coaching staff, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, for not unleashing Justin Herbert. It's possible that that rib thing continued to linger and that they were managing it. And now he's had two weeks off, and maybe it's finally healed. Who knows? Fully and completely healed, where they can – you know, take the restrictor plate off of this thing and let him get the ball down the field. But I like the Chargers in this one, the two weeks to get ready, and the fact that, that, you know, they they are very much alive in the AFC chase for not just wild card, they could still potentially catch the Chiefs. Chiefs have two losses, they have three, so we'll see how that goes. Dolphins, five-point favorites at Chicago, second straight week on the road against an NFC North team. They covered last week as three-and-a-half-point favorites in Detroit saving our asses, keeping us from going 0-3 in our best bets. We each had the Dolphins as a best bet. Do they cover the five points at Soldier Field this weekend with a 45.5 over-under against the Bears?
1: Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, again, I don't expect them to win. I am going to take the Dolphins in this matchup. I was a little surprised by the Bears' performance last week altogether. And the thing I think I, you know, I look at here is just, Again, the Dolphins, their ability on the offensive side of the ball, it's a Bears defense that I respect. But, man, the Dolphins just give you so much to defend uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And then not only just defense schematically, but then the weapons to go along with it. That's just where, you know, I worry about the Bears, who I know are well-coached and all that. But I just think even for a defense that I got respect for here, there's just too much stuff to worry about and try to match up with. And I think they're going to have a hard time slowing down the Dolphins offense. And I am interested to know, like, the weather this weekend in Chicago, because that's certainly a thing. We know Tua and the cold has not been good in his short NFL career. It's long grass in Chicago. They'll use that to try to slow down Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They're famous for doing that when a fast team comes into town, growing the grass out a little longer to slow them down. Uh, But I I think the other aspect, and even though we like what the Bears are doing on the offensive side of the ball, uh, uh, Bradley Chubb, we're going to see him out there. I think that is going to one stop the Dolphins from playing so aggressively on the defensive side of the ball. You know, one thing that jumped out last week, they started out aggressive, people at the line of scrimmage, and I just think people in the NFL have gotten used to it a little bit, and the Detroit went up and down the field. They started to slow Detroit down once they went, you know what, let's just rush for, or, you know, let's a tactical blitz every now and then. They played a little more conservatively. I think that was a big reason why they got Bradley Chubb. They realized they can't do that. The Bears, if you're going to beat the Dolphins, it's with the pass game. And they don't have the pass game to do that. I'm going to go Dolphins 28 17. I could see the game maybe being closer, but I'm going to go with the the 11 point win for now. I got 31
0: 24. Look, I think that was a demoralizing loss for the Bears last week in Dallas. They've traded Robert Quinn and Roquin Smith just a few days apart, even though they added Chase Claypool. That, to me, and I think to anyone in the locker room, isn't an effort to get better now. That's more of a future type of a move. I just think it's going to be very difficult for them to pull it off. And also, I pulled up the weather and the Dark Sky app, which goes away as of January 1. I don't know where it's going. I paid 5 bucks for the thing like 10 years ago. I don't like that. But they have the little windmill spinning sign on Sunday, which means it's going to be windy. I hope I don't get cancer by looking at the spinning windmill. But 65 is the high, 45 is the low. But they're calling for wind. Now, it looks like it subsides a little bit by game time. By kickoff, it's going to be... Between 11 and 13 miles per hour. Okay. Dusting up to 23. I don't think
1: that's enough I don't either. to derail the,
0: the Miami offense.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. You know, if it was up there close to 20, you know, 24, 22, 18, I'd go, ooh, that might be a problem for a guy like Tua. He might not be able to cut the ball through there. But yeah, 10, 12, I don't think that's a big enough of a difference. And the, since it's not going to be cold, yeah, it makes me feel better about the Dolphins winning by 11. Panthers at the Bengals.
0: Bengals coming off of the Monday night debacle, 32 to 13 loss at Cleveland. The Panthers had that win in hand, deflating loss, and now they have to pick it up and keep going with two wins on the year. Bengals seven and a half point favorites, hosting this one, 42 and a half
1: over under. Do the Bengals cover, Chris? I, I you know, I, I, don't think so. I, I don't, I'm not going to pick them to cover. I'm not. Carolina's defense, I mean, I know it, it, it got crazy there at the end of the game last week. But the thing I'll, I'll say about Carolina that I've seen that I think doesn't bode well necessarily for the Bengals is Carolina can get out to the quarterback with their pass rush. And Carolina is not going to play a ton of man-to-man coverage to give him, oh, wait, there's T. Higgins on a go route. A little bit like Cleveland the other night. So that's where I sit there and just go, I could see the Bengals having some underwhelming drives and us going, what the hell are they doing? It's still a question mark for the Bengals. It is. You know, yeah, we saw in two games where they exploded, but other than that, it's been struggle no matter who they play. And the Panthers offense, even though I don't look at it like again, I don't think it, you know, my thought changes a whole lot there, but the way they've been running the ball and then P.J. Walker has shown the ability to push the ball a little bit down the field there, I think they're going to be a pain in the butt and kind of hang around in this one. I'm going to take the Bengals to win, obviously, but uh, only by four. I'm going to say 20-16, to Bengals.
0: I think they win. I think they cover. I got 27-17. I just feel like they understand the importance, not just of proving to everyone else, but proving to themselves that things aren't falling apart after getting smacked around by the Browns on Monday night, and I think a 10-point win will help them regain some potentially lost confidence get on the right side of 500 they need to keep chasing the ravens they need to keep themselves alive for a wild card berth they could end up missing it all together and if they would lose this one i'd have very real concerns about the cincinnati Bengals. all right the green bay packers go to detroit to take on the lions green bay a three and a half point favorite with a 49 and a half over under this is one the packers have to have they have lost too many games this year they're at three and five and if they can't beat the lowly lions Chris, maybe they really are done.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it, I'm, I'm not saying they're done, but I, I don't look at this game and just go, oh, well, they're playing the lowly Lions, and they're just going to walk right over them. No problem. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think this is a, a decent matchup for the Lions. You know, I, I mean, one, we know the Lions offense is good. I mean, period. They're all lines legit. you got to worry about defending that run. Jared Goff, in my opinion – Is having the best year of his career. I mean, it's it's better than any year. I don't give a shit what his statistics were with the Rams. I mean, his statistics in some of those years with the Rams, they were they were it was all bullshit. It was all fake. It was all a dunk here and a dump here and a dink here and a dunk there and you know and oh McVay got a screen to Todd Gurley wide open for me and he runs for seventy. Look for me. I'm one for one for seventy yards. Now he's making real throws and real plays. So, I, I can see them moving the ball in Green Bay's defense, certainly. Now, the other side of the story is just that we know Green Bay's going to move the ball in Detroit, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sitting here going to go, oh, uh, uh, Green Bay, you know, the reason I look at it for a good thing of a Detroit is it's, at least it's not an explosive team on that side of the ball. You know, that's Detroit's biggest problem is just explosive plays. So I worry about them running the ball a little bit, but I don't think you have to worry about some of the deep passing game attack and that I'm going to take the Packers to win, but only by three, 24, 21. I got 38,
0: 27. I just think that if they're ever going to get their shit together, it's going to be this game this time against a Lions team that is unraveling, blew the lead against the Miami Dolphins. T J Hawkinson was traded. They can say whatever they want. That that sends a message to the team that that The Lions really aren't as all in for this year as need be. They fired defensive backs coach Aubrey Pleasant after last week. There's a sense of dysfunction descending on the team. And the Packers just need this one. And, look, I have trusted the Packers and the Buccaneers when I shouldn't have to win games where I thought this is when they turn it around. Two weeks ago, Packers at Washington, of course the Packers are going to win and they're going to cover and they lost the damn game straight up. So I don't have much faith in the Packers big picture, but this is it. This is it. If they lose this one or if they fail to cover, I may not pick them to win again for the rest of the year. So this is it, Packers. Show me what you got. Beat the Lions and cover the spread and make me look like not an idiot. The Raiders making Mark Davis look like an idiot for not keeping Rich Passaccia and instead hiring Josh McDaniels. They are slim favorites on the road at the Jaguars. One, how are they one-and-a-half-point favorites? After that turd they dropped at the Superdome last week. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't that long ago the Jaguars were favorites over the Giants with two wins, and the Giants had one loss, and the Jaguars were favored, and we saw how that worked out. Maybe that's how the Raiders are favored. The Jaguars just stink now, and the Raiders apparently stink a little bit less, Chris.
1: Well, you know, there's a few things here that hit on that I think you found interesting, and I know we have some time here because we only got two 4 o'clock games to talk about. But, one, you know, I don't think it's fair for everybody just to go – apples to apples, like, oh, they went to the playoffs last year with Richard Versace, and now they have Josh McDaniels, and they should go to the playoffs again. I, I don't. First off, things fell right for the Raiders last year. In a lot of ways, their schedule was very favorable down the stretch, right? There were some teams that fell off in the AFC. So it was like one of the most underwhelming teams to get into the playoffs. And none of us were sitting here going, oh, wow, they're really going to do something special. I mean, at the end of the year, they beat the Browns who, you know, had no quarterback. They beat the Broncos who were shit and sucked. They beat the Colts, which was a little bit of an upset win, you know, uh, at Indianapolis, and then they had the Chargers game, which you know the Chargers were Justin Herbert, and that's it last year. Uh, so that that's where I, I and then you know, and then their other wins are against you know some teams that weren't that special where it's a totally different style of football and a different style of team that Josh McDaniels wants there. That's where it's, it's different, and that's where you know I defend that a little bit because I know that's such a common thing right now. But having said that, that was a horrible loss last week. It did not look good. And the Jaguars' defense, I mean, as we know, it's fierce up front. They can cover people. They can make life hard on you. They definitely can. I'm going to take the Jaguars to win at home. Again, I've been burned by the Jaguars so many times this year, I'm just going to keep it going. I don't even feel it anymore. It's just I'm used to it. But I'm yeah. going to. I'm not going to fall, fall in it and go, oh, I'm going to change this week because they've been burned. I think they're better than the Raiders. I don't trust the Raiders exactly – You know, On defense, I don't think they had enough talent there. And offensively, even though last week was crazy bad, I don't think they're that bad. I think this is a tough matchup with this group they got to play on the Jaguars. Jaguars, 23-20.
0: Somebody asked me this week, why is everybody suggesting that Nathaniel Hackett should be fired during or after his first year with the Broncos, and no one is saying Josh McDaniel should be fired during or after his first year with the Raiders? And the easy explanation is, The owner of the Raiders actually hired McDaniels. The current owner of the Broncos didn't hire Hackett. That's one of the... And and also, it's much easier for the Walmart clan to buy out Nathaniel Hackett and anyone else they'd want to because they just snapped their fingers and the money's there. I can't imagine Mark Davis firing Josh McDaniels this quickly, but, but there is definitely a sense of frustration, consternation. I saw a tweet after the loss shutout style to the saints that there was another long meeting after the game between Mark Davis and Josh McDaniel. So they need this one. This is a gotta have it week for the Raiders and they've got the talent to beat the Jaguars. And I think they're going to have the urgency and they want to prove that last week was a fluke getting shut out, not just beat, but shut out by the saints 24 17. I think the Raiders win. I don't have a whole lot of faith in either of these teams, but I have a little more faith in the Raiders. And I think that for them, there's a greater sense of urgency to turn this thing around.
1: Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, the Jaguars got to start winning some games, too. They do. And Trevor Lawrence has got to start looking like, you know, the number one pick a little bit more consistently. You know, we said, I, we said last week, right? I mean, I think it was on, on this, on the, pod, the Picks podcast. Maybe I said he's got to start making some plays that help them win the game. Some extraordinary plays, some plays where you go, oh wow, what a throw that put that team in a tough spot. Now the Jags are up by ten. He does a lot of good, but there's never any splash plays. And like we saw last week, again, there's just inconsistencies in his throwing. The ball can be all over the place. So uh, it, this is this is a uh, like a low key. I don't think either one of these teams are going to the playoffs, but kind of like a low key. Let's try to get things going back in the right direction. For the overall state of our organization type of game, that's where it's, it's going to be cool to see who who wins this one.
0: That's why I have more faith in the Raiders. Yeah. I think they, they feel mm-hmm. greater heat right now. Colts and Patriots, once a great rivalry. This time around, the Patriots, uh, they've moved back to five hundred. They had the win over the Jets. The Colts are in a tailspin. Matt Ryan benched for financial reasons. Sam Ellinger, the quarterback. Marcus Brady fired his offensive coordinator. Jonathan Taylor banged up. Last I saw a question about whether he's going to be available for this Patriots favored by five and a half with a 39 and a half over under. Do the Patriots cover this one in their return to Lucas oil stadium?
1: I, 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 I'm going to say no, that they don't cover it. I, I, I mean, uh, you know, one, I, I think the Colts defense is real good. I do. And I don't think this is a Patriots offense as much as I, I respect their run game. The Colts, with the amount of people they put at the line of scrimmage and all that, I just have a hard time thinking they're going to dominate that way there, and I just don't know if there's enough of a pass game there to go, oh, well, the Colts will really be in trouble that way. So I think they'll hang in, and I honestly think the Ellinger, you know, offensive coordinator thing kind of plays into the favor of the Colts a little. Like Belichick's not, Oh, hey, what, what what, to expect? What are they, are they going to do something new, different? You know, I know the Jonathan Taylor injury does bother me, um, but I, I just kind of got a gut that they kind of just tough this one out and make it ugly. I think that's the style of football they want to play. Ellinger got better as the game went on last week. He started to look like he got his legs underneath him, too. It started to look like he could make some plays with the run. So I'm going to say they hang around. Patriots win the game 20 to 17, but Colts make it tough.
0: I got 27-13. I just feel like this is a game where the Patriots begin the process of figuring out who they are and showing it to everybody else. And the Colts, I feel like, are gradually falling apart. Now, we've assumed that the Colts would lose some other games this year. They've still won three. They still beat the Chiefs somehow. They are capable of winning this one. I just think that this is one of those where Bill Belichick will know exactly what to do. And now I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, what if they have some designed runs? We see the struggles that the Patriots have against quarterbacks who run the ball. I still think it's not enough. I still think the Patriots win. I think the Patriots cover 27-13. I'm not talking myself out of it now. The Bills, 12.5-point favorites against the Jets, one of two games this week where both teams have a winning record. And in both games, the spread is twelve and a half. even though both teams have a winning record. Jets are five and three. Bills have one loss. Do the Jets manage to cover this 12 and a half point spread? And Chris, you have picked the Bills to win every single week this season. Who do uh, you got this week?
1: Well, I, I should be right every single week this season, too. Damn, there's, I've been let down one week in that Miami game. I'm, I'm, I'm of course, picking the Buffalo Bills you know i'm 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 every bit in the you know that group that i I would go i'm not so sure i don't think buffalo is better than the philadelphia eagles i know they have the one loss and all that but they're definitely in that conversation you know, but i there there's there's a few things here you know one uh, the jets defense i i got too much respect for it to think the bills are just going to absolutely just blow out the new york jets the jets have a little bit of everything they got team speed they got guys that can rush the passer They got some guys that are very good cover corners when they need to play a man-to-man, they can, they don't live in it. And I I can see them giving some issues to Josh Allen in that offense. And and I'm going to play the angle that the Jets and Zach Wilson on the offensive side of the ball, you know, bounce back a little bit. You know, last week, again, you heard me say this morning, I know two of the three interceptions by Zach Wilson were horrible. Interception two and three were horrible. It was like he was hanging out with his buddies in the backyard, but you can live with the first one. But my point is, though, he, still, he had some plays in the game where he made unbelievable, miraculous, high-level, big-time throws. I think he's going to get back on track. I think they'll, they'll make a few plays against this Bills defense. You know, the Jets do have balance. You've got to respect their run. He can push the ball down the field. they got some weapons there. I'm going to go Bills 30-21. to 21. The 12-and-a-half is just a little too much for me.
0: I'm going Bills 31-14. I think the Bills need to start proving that they can can win these games easily when they're supposed to win them easily. The Jets fattened up their record uh, in some unconventional and impressive ways, but I think this is just too much, and I think the Bills start hitting a nice groove here as they establish their dominance, stay ahead of the Chiefs, continue their their path toward the number 1 seed. Um, you know, I think about Sauce Gardner locked up on Stephon Diggs, and uh, you, you still have Gabe Davis. You still have enough to get it going. And Naheem Hines joining the Bills now. Josh Allen amazed by the speed of Naheem Hines. You wonder what kind of things they're going to weave into the offense to use him. They clearly wanted him, they got him. That's a new factor, a new wrinkle for the Bills. I just think that given the way they we're kind of sleepwalking yeah. through the yeah. Sunday night game against the Packers. There's enough there that Sean McDermott can go into the locker room and I MF these you. guys right. and really get them in a position where you got to go out and prove that you can dominate. You can't just half-ass it. And I think 17 points is a margin that they can build and unlike last week maintain.
1: Man, last game, we got a theme going on here right now. I mean, we're, but, we're we're picking a lot of the same teams to win, but you're picking them the Win convincingly, and I'm picking them to be close. That's for sure. So four four yeah.
0: disagreements against the spread. No disagreements straight up. Well, yet. five disagreements
1: one, really, because you have the Raiders, and I have
0: Jacksonville yeah, that's to win. Right. right. I missed that one. We have one disagreement straight up, and four other disagreements. Against the spread. I've picked the favorite to cover every week. Oh, what a, so what, a are, so what? I mean, what a kiss ass you are
1: every game this <laughs> week. Favorite cover. What a kiss ass you are.
0: Whose ass am I kissing? I <laughs> no, mean, they no. set the line so it can go either way. Mm-hmm. It's just like calling heads in every coin flip. I'm calling heads this week. Who cares? I mean, it's, it's It's not like, you know, people say, oh, pick some upsets, have some balls. Listen, it doesn't matter because they set the line in a way that it is a coin flip. I get that all the time with our best bets. Oh, you're not taking the underdogs. Well, sometimes we do, but it really doesn't matter. You're either getting points as the underdog or you're, you're giving points as the favorite, but they set it in a spot where nobody knows. That's the thing. That's why I'm so happy that I'm above 500 against the spread. Nobody knows. Nobody knows, especially against spread. Straight up, you have a little bit of an edge. Against the spread is tougher because I think it is a coin flip. And uh, the Vikings going to, to FedEx Field. Kirk Cousins, first time back since leaving as a free agent for the 2018 season. Three-and-a-half-point favorites are the Vikings, who are 6-1 and one somehow over under a 43-and-a-half. Commanders of one, three in a row. They're breaking out the all-black uniforms at home for the first time. They wore them in Dallas earlier this year. didn't work out too well. But uh, there's a little excitement. Hey, they may have a raucous day. With the news that Dan Snyder's looking to sell the team, Commanders fans are all excited. The team's won three in a row. It could be a tough spot for the Vikings. Can the Vikings push their record to
1: 7-1 and one before they go to Buffalo and get the shit kicked out of them next weekend? Well, tell me, Mr. fucking Minnesota Viking fan, what are you going to do? Let me hear it. Let me hear the breakdown.
0: I, I think the reckoning comes next week. It's going to be Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, and there's a good chance the Vikings will lose all three of those games. But they'll be 7-1 and one before the decline begins. I think they win the game 27-21. I think Kirk Cousins back at FedEx Field will have some real sentimental value for him. You like that? I don't like this stadium, but I like coming back and kicking the ass of the team that never really believed in me. Not that they were all that wrong in the grand scheme of things. They weren't wrong to not believe in a guy who only does well when everything around him goes perfectly. And then when things don't go perfectly, it falls apart. But I think he will do enough to get the Vikings the points they need. And it'll be just like every other week. Start slowly or start fast or come from behind or blow a lead. And then at the end of the day, they'll find a way to pull out a big stop, a muff punt. Whatever it is, the Vikings find a way. And I think they find a way again.
1: 27-21. Oh, he likes the Kirk Cousins this week. He likes it. You know, Washington. Not after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, yeah. I'm going to pick him to lose to the Bills. I'm going to pick him to lose to the Cowboys. I'm going to pick him to lose to the Patriots unless they beat the Bills. Right. If they beat the Bills, I may change my mind about the next two.
1: It'll be interesting. It's, it's cool to see him go back to Washington, certainly. And then one thing we can say is he's a better option than anybody Washington's had over the last five years. That's for sure. You know, and they might have been better. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm picking it. I'm going with it. I'm going commanders. I think this shit stops right here. I think it does. I think this is the right matchup for for the Minnesota. I mean, uh, for the Washington Commanders too. One, I mean, watching back Taylor Heineke and how he played last week. I mean, it was impressive, especially at the end of the football game. He's just got a great natural feel. You know, I'm I'm really to the point where I go, yeah, they're better with him at quarterback than they were with Carson Wentz. They are. You know, run game still. You know, nothing special, but they do enough. And they always have a few little tricks and wrinkles every week. But Minnesota, the defense, uh, you guys have had issues stopping the pass. I mean, Washington can pass the ball. They can throw the ball through the air. So I look at that and go, I, I think they're going to have make some plays there with McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and company. It doesn't, I don't know what Jahad and Dotson's uh, status is going to be. And then the other side of the ball, too, I'm, I'm, just, I'm kind of a fan of what Washington's defense has been doing. I think it's pretty legit. And, again, I know Minnesota's offense, it's been good. I'm still not, like, blown away by it. And I think with this front, you know, I think they're going to be able to apply some pressure to Cousins, and I think they'll be good enough to slow down the run game. I'm going to go with Washington in this one to pull off the upset, 23-20. to
0: Wow, wow. All right, well, you'll have even more reason to give me the business if it comes to that, and I'll have reason to give you the business because I like the Vikings, 27-21. to We're going to take a break. The 4 p.m. Eastern games, including what Pete is calling the disappointment bowl between the Rams and the Buccaneers. One of them is going to win, barring a tie, and both of them need to win. We'll discuss that and more when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton continue right after this.
2: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting
0: What a strange week it is with six teams off eight games at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday and thus only two four o'clock window games for the ninth Sunday of the regular season Seahawks Cardinals is the first one the Cardinals somehow are favored by two points in this one Seattle is awesome Seattle is good Seattle just beat the Cardinals by 10 now, I know the Cardinals have DeAndre Hopkins back but uh I'm surprised by this spread. I'm not surprised by the over-under of 49.5. It's the highest of the week. The Seahawks have been scoring points. The Cardinals have been scoring points. I'm, I'm, I may even, for, for a rare occasion, take an over as a best bet this week because I think 49.5 is a little low for this one. I think the, the Seahawks could score that many on their own. Um, but uh, who do you like, Chris? Do you like the Cardinals to cover or do you like the Seahawks to win the game and or stay within the two-point margin?
1: Well, the Seahawks are, are the better team. Uh, the Seahawks, the, they they didn't easily move the ball in that first matchup against the Cardinals defense either. Uh, they they did some good things the Cardinals defense, and it's it's a defense in in Arizona that you know again I have respect for. I do. I know you've heard me say that, but even last week the way Minnesota jumped out on them, they did a great job of hanging in there, let the team come back, and really, gosh, in a lot of ways, I just looked at it when Kyler Murray. Didn't throw two dumb interceptions and what did they? What was the other thing they did? Drop a punt? Is that what they did? I I I go. I'm not sure Arizona shouldn't have won that football game and 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 outplayed them in ways. I'm gonna go with a little bit of just like not necessarily football X's and O's here. I'm just gonna go a little pasta and meatballs of my own little steak and mashed potatoes here, where uh, the offense has been better. I think they're going to be able to look at that first matchup of what Seattle did. They'll adjust off of that a little. I'm going to play one of these like desperate, Arizona's got to win it or they're done, and Seattle feeling a little good about themselves after the win last week, and I'm going to pick the Cardinals. This is going to be one of my upsets this week. I know I don't got a lot of them, but this is one of them that I go, I think if there's going to be one, this is where it's going to happen. I'm going to go Cardinals 23-17 here.
0: I just got a text from Pete Carroll, the Seahawks coach, who somehow is listening live, even though he's a smart guy. And he said, tell Sims, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. But uh, uh, you've picked against the Seahawks every week this year. I know they're five and three. You've picked against them every single week. I'm not doing it. I believe in the Seahawks. I believe in Cam Walker, Tariq Woolen. They have the NFL's Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Month for October. They could end up having the Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year when it's all said and done. You know what's happened one other time? The Lions in 1967, the first year they ever did it. Wow. It didn't work out very well for the Lions after that. But the Seahawks could do it, and they deserve it, and they're playing great, and they're going to win 27-20. I don't have faith in the Cardinals Um, they, they just, there's just something missing. I watched it last week against the Vikings. There's just something off with the Cardinals this year. And I don't know what they need to do to get it back. I don't see it happening this week against Seattle, uh, Seattle feeling more and more confident each and every week, getting better each and every week. All right. Two teams not getting better each and every week. Teams that are far worse than they were the last time they got together in Tampa Bay for a playoff game that saw the Buccaneers erase a twenty-seven to three deficit, only to have the Rams pull it out because of a all-out blitz that was beaten by a throw from Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup. The field goal ended the game. The Rams went on to win the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers went on to have Tom Brady retire and unretire. And now Tom Brady's back. The Buccaneers are three-point favorites. Tom Brady, as a member of the Buccaneers, has never beaten the Rams. Forty-two and a half point over under. Both teams need this. We talked about this on PFT Live. Both teams need it, and arguably the Rams need it more. Do the Bucks finally get that win and end their three-game losing streak? You know, I,
1: I think they do. I, I'm going to ride with the Bucks in this one. I, I have more concerns with the Rams than I do the Bucs. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, usually in this matchup, and it, it, again, it's not that it doesn't hold true here, that I always kind of worry about Brady versus the pass rush of the Rams, and they've had their issues there, and I think – Again, that's that's going to be a problem. It's not going to be easy, certainly, for the Bucs to, to block that group up there. Leonard Floyd's playing pretty good. Aaron Donald's still Aaron Donald. But I think the thing that changes my thought as compared to years past here is it's it's the Rams offensive line that I'm really worried about. Akeem Hicks is going to be back. You know, the Bucks got some extra time. The way they played in the last game against the Ravens, you know, that was embarrassing. I, I, I just I, I can see them steamrolling this Rams offensive line. I mean really. The Rams are when they get points on a drive, it's it's only because of like, oh my gosh, Matt Stafford made two or three unbelievable throws that make it happen. I mean, last week in the 49ers game, that's all it was. It was, you know, protect your life because you're going to get crushed. And then, hey, when you just have an extra half a second, can you make an unreal fucking throw and maybe help us there? And that's what he's done. But that's all they're relying on. That's all they're capable of. So that's where I just don't see the Rams offense being able to do anything in this one. And if you're going to make me one team back against the wall, tough, got to figure out a way to win. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks at home with this one with a little bit of extra time, and uh, I'm going to have them pulling it off 24-20 here.
0: I think there's something to be said for what Sean McVay has been able to do against Todd Bowles' defense. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. going to overlook that reality. And Todd Bowles has to have it somewhere in his head, the defense he called that resulted in the Rams winning that game, and they were asking Todd Bowles about it this week. And, you know, you know, about the matchup, oh, we're just trying to win a game. Like, he wants to gloss over the fact that Sean McVay owns Todd Bowles the way Kyle Shanahan owes Sean McVay, owns Sean McVay. And that stuff happens around and around. There are wrinkles like that in the NFL. That said, I like the Bucks by one point, 24-23. I'm splitting the baby. I'm threading the needle. I'll take the Rams to cover, the Bucks to win. By the way, by the way, we must issue a correction so that we are always... Accurate and transparent in everything we say. The Lions were the first team to sweep rookie of the year. They're not the only team, as Pete pointed out, even though I have told him as politely as I, as I could to fuck off in the sheets. He is being persistent. The Saints in 2017, Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. So it's happened twice. It could happen thrice. This year with the Seahawks, uh, but anyway, you got anything more to say about this? I guess this is the game of the afternoon. We still have Titans Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, but the game of the afternoon is Rams Bucks because of how desperate both teams are. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, again, I, I I look at the Rams, and you know, you kind of said it. I think on on Tuesday or maybe it was Wednesday morning. I think it was a, a blessing in disguise that none of these trades worked out that they got them. I, I don't think this is a year. That one guy puts them over the top, or one guy makes them all of a sudden a real threat in the NFC. I, they got the trade they wanted. I would have gone, oh, well, maybe now they can be the seven seed in the NFC playoffs. I, I I see less that makes me confident about the Rams turning this around than I do the Bucks. Now the Bucks, I, I have seen moments of being close. I've seen a few moments of some good football. I've seen. You know, the defense be dominant here and there. Uh, I, I don't know. There's, just, there's a part of me there where I just feel like there's a little more potential for the Bucks to turn things around than the Rams where I just think the Rams are going to have to gut it out every week. I think it's going to be one of those years where they're going to f- scratch and claw to be 7-10 and 10 some way miraculously the more and more I watch them.
0: One thing about the Rams, and, and this is kind of funny because someone reached out to me who knows exactly what happened. The Rams are putting out this word because they have to get Cam Akers back in the in the fold.
1: Yeah, they have no they, choice. They were going to trade him, right?
0: And and now and now they're trying to get back in his good graces. And what they did, they leaked to NFL media the false notion that they turned down offers for Cam Akers. So because obviously now you say, hey, oh, hey, hey, we could have traded you. We decided not to. We we decided we want you back in the trust tree. We want you back. We want you happy. We could have traded you. I'm told that. They were desperately trying to get anyone to take this guy, and they were making offers that teams were saying, we're not doing it, we're not doing it, we're not doing it. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't the Rams saying no thanks. It was other teams that the Rams were desperately trying to get to take Cam Akers saying no thank you to those offers. So keep that in mind as they go through this clumsy period, because this is a distraction on top of everything else. Whatever's going on with Cam Akers and the Rams is a distraction to what they're trying to do, which is focus on beating the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, no, it, 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 I mean it's it's an issue. It's been weird ever since Week One when we did the Buffalo Bills game. Uh, just it's it's he's in the doghouse, and again I I don't know exactly what he did or what happened. You know when I even when I heard that early in the year I was like oh so what he's going to carry the ball and he's going to show he's the better running back or the best running back on the team and they'll go well you're out of the doghouse. But they can't even open up holes for anybody at running back. Uh, and, you know, they need some semblance of that because Matthew Stafford is getting absolutely fucking killed back there playing quarterback for them right now. And that's where I feel bad for him. So we'll see. Maybe this is the week they turn it around. I'm not betting on it.
0: Hey, uh, one person explained it to me weeks ago, and I don't know what's true or not. I just know what people who are connected in league circles are telling me that Akers had gotten to the point where he'd had enough of Sean McVay shtick and he may not be the only one. I, and I'm just I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. So be advised, Sean McVay, if you need to change your approach. And it sounds like some of the things he was saying yesterday, he's gotten to that point where he knows he needs to do something to rebuild this bridge. We'll see if he can. Let's take a break. Primetime games when we return. The Chiefs against a team that has had their number recently on Sunday Night Football. We'll do that next year on Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFTPM. Here we go. PFTPM. Chris Sims on button. Prime time Sunday and Monday. Sunday night football. A pair of five and two teams square off at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Chiefs coming off of their bye. Andy Reid is twenty and three post bye. Twelve and a half point spread. Even though the Titans are five and two, forty six and a half over under. But the Titans have won five of the last six games against the Chiefs, including a pair of playoff games. Mahomes is 0-2 versus Tennessee in the regular season. Who do you like in this one, Chris?
1: Well, I, I like Kansas City. I do. I, I, I do I do respect the Titans. And, you know, again, I think a lot is dependent on where Ryan Tannehill's health status is on this one, right? But I think the, the overall concern here is I, I I think the Titans, their defense, their D-line is starting to be dominant on a weekly basis. Their past defense has gotten better for sure. And I think one of the reasons they give issues to Kansas City and Mahomes and that is because they do things that are creative and outside the box. And you prepare for one thing and then you go, oh, wait, they're doing this to us. We've never seen them do that. And you got to adjust and figure it out. So I, I could see them giving some problems to Mahomes in the offense a little bit. I can. Their secondary is finally healthy too there in Tennessee. So they've been better in that department. But it's still a Kansas City offense that has been executing at a high level. And in a lot of ways, I I think Patrick Mahomes is another guy that I would say is maybe having the best year of his career. I I know there's the MVP year of, like, 50 touchdowns and all that, but that was, like, him and Andy Reid and the Biennium offense catching the NFL uh, off guard and by storm. It was new. People have caught on now, and now he's still playing at an unbelievably high level. You know, the other side of this is – you know, it, I'm I'm picking the game as in if Tannehill's playing, okay? So I'm picking it that way. But even with that, like, and years past, too, there was something to worry about in the past game. I just don't think there's enough here for Kansas City to worry about it. And Kansas City, they got some dudes up front, and I think with the fact that they don't have to worry about anything real scary in the past game – Spagnuolo will find creative ways to kind of protect them from big plays down the field and play action and yet get people down at the line of scrimmage to stop the run. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, but not to cover. I I got too much respect for Tennessee and Vrabel in these type of games. And I'm going to say 27-17, and I think it's, you know, even ugly 27-17. I could see it being 24-17 with three minutes left, and they kick a field goal to win it, I mean, to go up by 10, something like that. But I don't think this is a blowout.
0: Yeah, I got 30-21 to Chiefs, same idea as you. I probably should have dialed it back a little bit, but what the hell. Let's have some points on Sunday Night Football. But I think the Titans are good enough to keep it within the 12.5-point margin. I think that 12.5-point margin, Mike Vrabel will use that as a way to put the red-hot poker on his players. And I think Ryan Tannehill will play, but it's all about Derrick Henry. Can Derrick Henry keep going the way that he did against the Texans? A different team than Houston, but Henry could be a key to keeping it close, and maybe the Titans stealing the game. Monday Night Football, Ravens 2.5-point favorites at the Saints. The Ravens, the latest team to get that 11-day break between Thursday night and their next game, the Monday night. Saints shut out the Raiders in Week 8. I don't think they're going to shut out the Ravens. Can the Ravens win in New Orleans, and will the Ravens cover the spread? Chris, what do you got?
1: This is a really interesting game to me. I I really think the Saints match up really well with the Baltimore Ravens I, I I do look at it and go man there's a lot of things I like about it now Michael Thomas Jarvis Landry what's the health status of them you know that's that's one thing that's just driving me crazy about the Saints we can't ever seem to see their team at full strength but you thought to you talk about big people that can stop the run sure you know talk about some guys that can match up and play man-to-man so they can play more people in the run and and slow down also the passing attack, I think they can do that too, right? The only thing that really scares me here as far as the Saints, because I think the Saints, if they're healthy here, I think they're going to be able to run the ball and move the ball on the Ravens too. But there's one thing that takes me from giving the Saints I – I really want to pick the Saints to win this game. I, I really do. There's a, one thing that scares me, and it's the fact that the Saints – Two years in a row against Jalen Hurts and a running quarterback and some of those Lamar Jackson-type run plays, they haven't been able to stop Philadelphia when they do that. And this is the team that I look at that's similar to that. I'm going to take the Ravens 24-20. It will not be a best bet because I could see the Saints winning this 24-20.
0: I got the Ravens 26-20, and I have been thinking about this one as a best bet because I just think the Ravens, finding a groove, they look great against the Buccaneers, and I I just feel like the Saints, enough of an inconsistent team this year, I could see them following a shutout win with a not-great showing the following week as they start to begin to get their balance and, and lose their wobble, but we'll see. Let's take a break. Best bets time when we return, along with our Folsom Prison Blues pick for Week 9. We'll do that next here on Chris Sims Unbuttoned at VFTP.
2: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: Wrapping up, Chris Sims Unbutton, PFTPM for Week 9, the Mega Picks podcast, Best Bets Time. And we suck at Best Bets this year, so do the opposite of whatever we recommend. With that disclaimer, Chris, you're up.
1: Eagles, 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 Eagles. I hate when you do Thursday I know you nights. do. That's why I fucking love it even extra more right there. I love it. I love that I did it. Yeah, I'm taking the Eagles. I don't give a shit if it's Thursday night. It's the one that jumps out to me the most out of everything. I think the Eagles could probably tape one eye shut and still win the game by 20. So I'm going with the Eagles. <laughs> Would you
0: put up your 185000 to my 24666 tonight straight up on the Eagles? Would you do that? I'm not, I'm not saying
1: I would. I'm just wondering whether you would. I would. I would. Yeah, I would. Uh, th- this is the kind of shit I think I would do if I was really yeah. rich, where I'd go, this is just easy money to me. Like, straight up like that? Like, okay. Uh, it would be. Cause I, just, I would go, I'm going to collect that way and just $20,000 here, 20000 there. Oh, okay. Hey, let's move.
0: Pete's telling me we got to move. I'll take the Packers. I love road favorites. Again, Packers, Packers to cover at the Detroit lions. What else you got?
1: All right. I'm, I'm going with the commanders. That's right. Over the Vikings. Uh, I'm picking the win straight up. I think even if Minnesota does win, it won't be by more than a field goal. I'm going commanders.
0: Yeah. Vikings are favored by three. I got the Raiders given one and a half to the Jaguars It's all or nothing, do or die, shit or get off the pot time for the Raiders. I like the Raiders to win that one, given one and a half. What's your last one? Come on, Jags.
1: Um, My last one, I'm going with the Titans. I am. I I just, again, I'm having a hard time picking three best bets that I like, but I think the Titans will cover the spread, even though I know I got them losing and I fully expect it. I don't think they're going to lose by 12 and a half. It's just the, the third one I feel most comfortable on.
0: I said I like road favorites. The Seahawks aren't a road favorite somehow. They should be. That's one that jumps out to me. No way the Cardinals should be favored by two. I like the Seahawks to win straight up as two-point underdogs. That's my third best bet. All right. Folsom Prison Blues on the way out the door. The one team to win straight up if you're lying dead in a gutter and you only had one pick
1: this week. well, Elizabeth. the Eagles. I'm going to live this week no matter what, baby. I'll take
0: the Bills this week just for fun. See you next See week. See Enjoy the games.